As we approach 8.46, Adam Raw is here to give us a heads up for the week ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I almost spoke with my mask on, which would have sounded very muffled. But... Well, that's possibly part of the new normal, yeah. uh, getting used to that voice. But let's start, Adam, with a high-profile case mm-hmm. involving the wife of ex-Justice Minister Cho Guk who herself has become quite a public figure in recent months. Yeah, so for a change, we're starting something that's not coronavirus-related. Uh, a key figure in the allegations that Cho and his uh, wife's daughter received academic favours is taking the witness stand later today at 10am, so uh, just over an hour's time. Um, the ex-Tongyang University president, Choi Sung-hae, is appearing. Uh, he'll serve as a turning point in the trial over whether Chung requested Choi to give a president's award certificate to her daughter. Uh, he has previously denied giving such an award to the daughter, and Choi said back in September during uh, questioning that Chung asked him to publicly state that he had authorised her to issue the president's award. Um, and ha- but however, he stepped down a few months later in December, and it was known that he apparently had his stamp of approval on this award, but that he didn't give it personally. Um, but anyway, his testimony will serve as a pivotal point in finding out whether Chang's daughter had received these academic favours, and we'll see how much that weighs into the trial itself. Right, now moving on to school closures, as every parent and probably student out there in the country wants to know, mm. when are they reopening? There's still some debate on that, though. We're a, we're a week away today from yeah. official school reopening. That's right. So April 6th is the kind of the official date that's been set as the school's reopening. But Prime Minister Chung Se-gyun did hold a meeting with regional education superintendents over the weekend. And the overall consensus among them is that they are opposed to schools reopening on April 16th or next Monday. Sixth. Uh, sorry, not 16th. 16th might end up being the actual date. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Um, and they, the, the superintendents feel it is still too early as COVID-19 still poses a threat with all these cluster infections and imported cases and whatnot. And they stress that children's safety comes first, which I think is a, just a common sense overall belief anyway. Um, they also recommended that the semester be postponed further. They also held discussions on the possibility of holding online classes, including how to establish the necessary infrastructure and contents mm-hmm. because... It's not just a matter of, oh, we can hold online classes over the, you know, these this Skype or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of other factors to, and uh, variables to consider when doing such a right. thing. I mean, there's, there's an argument, actually, to say, as much as I'm sure many parents want their kids to be back at school, mm. there's an argument for saying, like, when, when they're ready to reopen, it should be perhaps just teachers for a week preparing everything mm. that, that to, to catch up, working on... On, on, on getting completely ready for it. You don't want that mm. confusion with the kids on day one. No. Um, because, because the universities, they had these online classes and a lot of technical glitches and a lot of mishaps that happened after doing it so hastily at universities, these online classes and whatever. So I think there was a lack of preparation there. Right. Um, and, and online classes for general schools with the lack of equipment or the... Mm. Uh, it's difficult to say to every child you must have this access to mm. whatever connection it is and whatever materials yeah. and hardware uh, exactly. we need we need to make sure that happens in the future but uh, mm. too much to ask i'd say in a short period of time yeah. adam just quickly yeah. the general election is on the 15th does that suggest if they were to delay beyond the 6th it, i don't know whether they would just say, right, let's go after the general election then. 
But but there's a legal matter of the new semester, whether it goes beyond April 17th, isn't it? Yeah, so the start of the new semester can be postponed to as late as April 17th. This means that the school days can be shortened by 19 days. Uh, But this would mean that the schools would have to drastically reschedule their academic year and holidays and whatnot. So So could wreak havoc. Yeah. So you threw the the number the 16th. Maybe they'd have to say, all right, let's just go back on the... Have the Mm. teachers get ready on the 13th and 14th, Mm. got the National Election Day on the 15th, and then maybe the kids just go back in on the 16th and 17th to be ready for the next week. But even the election itself, who still knows? Well, I I mean, it looks like like it's going on. Seems to me like they're pushing full steam ahead with that. Uh, I think it's not going to be much of a turnout for it anyway. anyway. we, We could... easily fill yes. the rest of the time exactly. we have today just on that question <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in favour of having an election that could be so skewed by uh, emotion at this time but yeah. um, Adam, moving on to face masks and people mm. still lining up outside pharmacies to get their hands on them yeah. will we see this problem averted? Well hopefully so because the government uh, vows to get rid of any red tape or any other thing that is hindering the production of masks and is aiming to ensure that manufacturers are offloading all available materials needed to make these face masks. It is also aiming to diversify the supply channels so masks become more widely available. Currently, it's kind of limited to these pharmacies and post offices and l o n g y u p retail stores, but uh, hopefully those channels will be expanded. Uh, the government expects there to be more than 21 million more masks available by the end of this month, which is only a few days, actually, um, through these production, uh, more production and imports. And these are obviously raising hopes that the shortage in supplies will be resolved by the month of April. And uh, methods being taken are changing. Some manufacturers not really... that specialise in masks or these filters to produce such masks and filters. We've seen this in the UK with a luxury car brand making these kind of air purifying machines. And right. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I, so I mean, everyone's I, kind of chipping in. I, it's interesting, actually, how some of the industries, while they're not used to it, they do have equipment that can overlap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some, some of the raw materials they use could be used to make, you know, other products that are mm. needed in this uh, crisis. And, um, all, and speaking of these materials, uh, if they're not available in Korea, there will be a lot being imported from early this week. So these will be distributed to the respective manufacturers. Speaking of imports, though, what about imported cases of COVID-19? Will we be having some more of them under controlled conditions? Well, there will be a concern, wouldn't it? Um, because we are going to maybe see some Korean nationals coming back from Italy pretty soon. Uh, Yeah, so Italian authorities have approved the two evacuation flights for these Koreans who are stranded in Italy. Uh, The two planes will bring about uh, 600 people with the first to depart Italy on Tuesday, local time from Milan, followed by the second that will leave on Wednesday from Rome, the capital. There are about 151 people in Rome and 430 in Milan, so the lion's share of Korean people there are in Milan. Uh, They'll fly on the chartered uh, flights. And the airline sources said it is extremely unusual for aviation authorities to approve flights so quickly. Normally, they take around five days. But apparently, Rome uh, approved the request on the same day. Um, Well, these are unusual times. Yeah, but uh, one thing that is peculiar is the... uh, Excuse me. The passengers are required to pay around $2 million in airfare. So that's around the $2,000-ish mark. Uh, that's quite a hefty sum. Right. Um, yeah. Considering they have been providing chartered flights for free in some cases. Uh, but I think it's because the, these Koreans who are in Italy 
kind of requested it on their own, on their own, rather than kind of they were looking for their own flight, but the government yeah. kind of stepped in. But they said, "Oh, but you're going to have to pay." Well, it's a complex one. The, the, the situation has evolved quite mm. quickly. Even travel restrictions. When it was just China that was the the headline. Yeah. Epicenter. There, there, there was a different matter there of getting people out of the Wuhan area. But isn't Italy not? Now? Well, well, that's what. <laughs> but it is. But so many other areas are yeah. as well. Uh, Korea, uh, hopefully not. But Korea yeah. could yet be again. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's one of those situations where ideally you probably just stay put and stay safe where you are until mm. this blows over. Yeah. But there. Are, Has been a, a little bit of a reduction in air pollution recently. That helps us yeah. all breathe a little easier. Uh, some of that down to factories in China closing, less traffic on the roads here at home, and mm. factories no doubt affected here too. Yeah. And, and more government measures are taking place this week. Yeah, and speaking of these government measures, uh, starting Friday, uh, these emission levels from factory chimneys will be revealed in real time to the public. Um, and diesel cars will also no longer be classified as low-emission vehicles. Uh, these are part of a revision to the fine dust reduction law that was passed by Parliament last week. Factories having such data released will face uh, some pressure to reduce emissions, obviously, because their data is all exposed. And it will also help authorities measure the fine dust levels better and see how these companies are uh, um, adhering to these rules. And these chimneys will have these so-called telemonitoring systems that have been installed on them to collect uh, the readings. And if the factories go over the legal limit, they will face fines and with no questions asked. Um, and yeah. public institutes will also have to buy, in terms of these diesel cars, public institutes and some other companies will have to buy a certain number of eco-friendly vehicles if they do need to make new vehicle purchases. So a certain amount of them do need to be sort of these eco-friendly electric or hybrid type vehicles. Well, right now in, in Seoul, at least where we are in Seoul, we're in the Botong range, uh, yes. but a little bit in the higher end of that range than... I would like to see. Um, it depends on the area and uh, the district as well. Yeah, so. it, but it, but it wouldn't take much to push us. Uh, it, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm talking. Yeah. Actually, my uh, website is gone for the Junggu, uh, even though we're in Mapogu here right now. But anyway, mm. uh, if we were in the Napam range right now, that's a bit disconcerting considering the shutdown. And the mm. one thing Aram is that. They say air pollution claims millions of lives a year. Mm. That's from the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I think I've, one thing I've learned from this coronavirus outbreak is not to make direct comparisons of cause of death mm. necessarily. Um, it doesn't always provide that perspective. But still, it's something we need to keep the fight up against. Yeah. It's not the only cause of death in the world. Thank you very much for joining us, Adam Rowe. Thank you. And coming up next, we've got TBS EFM's COVID-19 live updates. Nasanyan will take you through in English from 9 to 9.30 and then from 9.30 to 10, Chi Ming Ming in Chinese. This morning, we'll return tomorrow at 7 a.m.